Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up, Disney Cruise Line announces 2021 cruise itineraries. Walt Disney World adjusts their park resort. That's not right. Walt Disney World Resort adjusts their, their resort opening dates. And a woman tries to smuggle pot and guns into Epcot, as you do. <laughs> um, plus, Denny and Corey Fiascanaro are going to discuss their experience at the Taste of Epcot Food and Wine Festival. From various locations around the internet, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 1089 for the week of July 28th, 2020. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host this week. And I am joined via Skype by Kevin Close. Hi, everyone. Denny Sunderly. Hey there. Rhino Clavin. Hello. And Corey Fiescanaro. Hey, everybody. And our producer, Craig Williams. Oh, hey, hey. Uh, okay, everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you, everybody, for being here and being part of our conversation today. Um, a lot of news is out there, a lot of different news um, from a bunch of different places that relate to Walt Disney World and Disney in general. So nice to have some different news stories going on. Um, and we're going to get right to it. And I apologize for being a little scattered. My notes are everywhere here. So um, we're going to get right into it and start our discussion and Rhino has been uh, generous enough to agree to read the yes. news for me this week. So Rhino is going to get started. Take All it right. away, Rhino. All right. Our first news story is that Disney Cruise Line has announced the fall 2021 itineraries and booking dates. Um, so uh, Disney Cruise Line has just released new itineraries and departure dates for fall of 2021 with destinations throughout the Bahamas, the Caribbean, Baja, the Mexican Riviera, Bermuda, and more. If you've got a Halloween on the high seas or a very merry time Christmas cruise on your bucket list, now is the perfect time to look into checking that off your list in late 2021. If you're currently a platinum, gold, or silver castaway club member, take advantage of the opportunity to book the new cruises before they go on sale to the general public on July 30th, 2020. You'll be able to book fall 2021 itineraries online or by phone during a designated booking window. So platinum members can start on July 27th, platinum and gold on the 28th, platinum, gold, and silver on the 29th, and then all guests on the 30th. If you're currently a Disney Vacation Club member and Adventures by Disney Insider or a Golden Oak Club member, you're invited to enjoy the exclusive opportunity to book these new cruises via phone before they go on sale on July 30th, 2020. Uh, so Golden Oak's member, uh, Golden Oak club members can start on the 27th at 8 a.m. Disney Vacation Club members and Adventures by Disney Insiders can start on the 29th at 8 a.m. And if you book your Disney Cruise Line vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel, the, the official uh, sponsor of Disney uh, DCL Fan, excuse me, that's the site I'm reading this from, you can receive a shipboard credit of up to $1,000 plus a complimentary gift basket. Dreams Unlimited Travel, also one of the official sponsors of our podcast. 
Um, so yeah, the announcement came out. We were excited that they finally released these. It took seemed to take forever to get these to be released. Not a whole lot of surprises out there. Eastern, Western, uh, alternate itineraries, three and four nights, seven night sailings, a couple of New York sailings, uh, sailings out of San Diego. For me, the biggest sort of difference is there's a lot of maritime and maritime and Halloween cruises this year. So those have proven to be very popular. Have you guys, has anybody done any of these special sailings? Either yes, Halloween I've, or Christmas yep. one? I've not done Halloween on the high seas. I've done the very merry time several times, I think seven. And uh, we love it, love it, love it, love it. So that is neat that in fall of 2021, there's going to be ample opportunities for families to go ahead and, and try that if that's something that they want to do, because there's lots of different special activities on board. I know a lot of those activities may look a little different, possibly in this new day and age that we're living in, but um, but it'll be neat to see what happens. Um, and of course, I've got my eye on the transatlantic, so you just never know. But the idea that's of being on the that's oh. a popular cruise. People yeah. love those transatlantic sailings. We've done a couple transatlantic, transpacific. And as long as you are okay with being on the ship, as long as you're ship centric. Yeah. Yes. They're great sailings to be on. That'd be we so did much the fun. one from Sydney to Hawaii. And there were six day stretches, two of them. Neat. That just sounds like paradise. So what's really great about these very maritime cruises, um, I'm taking out some of the itineraries, and they're not all just from Port Canaveral. So you've got from uh, Miami, and I'm looking at some other alternatives too. So if you're yes, not, if you can't get to, I was going to say there's one Galveston I know too. So I was okay. actually, since Gold members were on sale this morning, I was actually on it. 8 a.m. starting to look out and price for 2021 for for my family, but I have to wait wait till tomorrow when all the the silver castaway club members can start booking as well too. But uh, yeah, I think it was three out of Miami in November alone, one out of Galveston, bunch out of Port Canaveral. That double dip uh, yesterday, we talked about that on a live stream uh, out of Port Canaveral, a five night on the on the Disney fantasy. So a ship that, you know, you don't get to do that often unless it's a seven night cruise. Uh, they, it, the pricing on it is like phenomenal inside staterooms at 2,800 and going up from there. But uh, just even in comparison, we looked at a, a four night, the week of Thanksgiving and the pricing on that, the base pricing for an inside stateroom, I think was 3,800. So if you're able to shift your dates, be flexible, obviously, with stuff, too, you know, it's you can get some really, really good deals. And uh, I always love going down to Miami just because, you know, get to do the magic. And I love being on the magic. But there's a lot of a lot of interesting sailings out there right now. So the six nights, uh, very maritime cruises from Galveston. November 23rd and December 7th, um, two options for you there. So what, what I really like about that is that I think Disney's been a little more sensitive to the fact that maybe not everybody can get to Florida. Everybody wants to come to Florida. So they have some alternates out there as well. Um, Miami's a great port. Miami's not only great because it's easy. Um, it's not quite Port Canaveral in that you've got that 
dedicated Disney Cruise Line terminal, but it's a very easy in and out, easy parking, easy getting to the ship. But also Miami has so much to do in and around the port that you could easily come in a night ahead of time and find something, a great restaurant to eat in, some entertainment out there. A trip down South Beach. Yeah, for sure. Um, Let's just say that I am surprised that you have to wait until tomorrow, Craig. Don't you have a friend who works for a travel agency who can get you a price? <laughs> I I mean, but we have to wait to book it fully. They, they priced it out, but... That's, that's true, but they could give you a price. Yeah, so we're excited that those cruises are out. We think that, you know, there's a lot of pent-up demand for next year. Folks are, you know, still concerned about what's going to happen on cruising this year, what it's going to look like. So I think a lot of people are more comfortable booking a year out than they are booking a closer uh, cruise. Just for the, I think hang, having a trip to plan takes your minds off things. Oh, yeah, for sure. It gives you something to look forward to mm-hmm. and put all that stuff in perspective. I know it is for us. Absolutely. All right. What's our next news story, Rhino? All right. So um, Walt Disney World has announced some adjusted opening dates for select resort hotels. And as the Walt Disney World Resort continues their phased approach to reopening, they have decided to adjust the reopening dates for Disney's Polynesian Village Resort and Disney's Art of Animation Resort due to the current environment. With this in mind, the planned reopening dates for additional Disney Resort hotels will be as follows. So on July 29th, Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort will open August 24th, Disney's Yacht Club Resort will open. September 21st, Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa will open. On October 4th, it'll be the Polynesian. On October 14th, it'll be Coronado Springs. And on the 1st of November, Disney's Art of Animation Resort will open. Additionally, while they had previously shared reopening dates for Disney's Beach Club Resort and Disney's Boardwalk Inn, these resort hotels will remain closed until further notice while Disney continues to reevaluate their reopening timeline. Excuse me. Due to the fluidity of the current environment, Disney will continue to re will continue to evaluate adjustments to Disney Resort hotel opening dates as needed and when the timing is right to do so. These dates are still subject to change and reservations for stays at Disney Resort's hotels uh, not yet open could still be impacted. So if you want to stay up to date um, for the latest information on this, you can um, head over to www.info.com to the resort reopening information and updates page. I I have a question about this because I was confused. Um, so is just the DVC part of Polynesian open? Because didn't yeah. Okay, because so, I, I was going to say Craig and Kylie just stayed there, didn't you? Yeah, all the DVC resorts open back up, but just the DVC designated parts. So then the hotel sides will open up at the following dates. Got you. Got you. That is correct. I also want folks to know that um, if you're impacted by this and you have to change. What Disney's doing is they are moving you to a comparable hotel and no additional charge. So if your hotel isn't open when you were supposed to be checked in and that you have to move to another hotel, they're going to move you free of charge. They are also offering folks um, upgrades, but the upgrades are additional pricing. So if you say, you know, you decide you're going to go from, you know, a value to a moderate you're going to pay the difference in the price to go up to a moderate resort. Um, A little surprising that um, Beach Club Resort and Boardwalk Inn are not, they're not opening, announcing an opening date yet. That's a little surprising to me that they would um, 
sort of put those almost permanently on the back burner for now. Does that mean that there's not enough people? That's what I was thinking. Enough? Yeah. I I was thinking that maybe because they they kept everything uh, when the tickets came online to buy, they had said like uh, all the annual pass holders were able to make the reservations ahead of time. And then they've been releasing extra slots like every day for annual pass holders to visit. So I, I don't think they're getting as many vacationers as they, as they had planned. And it's, it's a lot of like people who already have annual passes or something like that. That's what I kind of took it as maybe. From the perspective of like the Polynesian, at least, I think it's actually really good that they're not opening up more of it quite yet. Like just from my experience staying there, the main pool area was like during the peak parts of the days, the main pool area was like out of control, busy with people like everything was spaced out. uh, But I mean, there was tons and tons of people and that's just with the dvc side open so what happens when you open up the rest of the resort and everything just gets busier because it's you know it's social distancing isn't just going to go out the window because more people are opening up i can't imagine them when you're paying polynesian prices and get told like oh you have to actually wait until someone leaves the pool area so we can start having more people come to the pool like that just seems like it would be a nightmare if it ever got to that point. So I think in some circumstances, not, not uh, pushing back the reopening, maybe not going forward as quickly is probably for the better, but that's just from the, you know, four nights that I was there, three nights that I was there. That's just a, a small, small fraction of time since these actually have been open now for, for, for a while here. I know that when this all sort of came down and we were looking at Disney reopening and how they were handling uh, current bookings and, and people currently in resorts, it felt to me like they were hoping people were going to cancel. Yeah. Like they were creating these hurdles that were going to make it so that people said, listen, it's just too frustrating. I don't want to do it now. I'm going to wait. And I almost think it backfired on them. Um, I think that they're not, they don't have, the crowds they thought they were going to have and you know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing staying at the resort using a pool is a different story when it comes to what disney was hoping for from a capacity issue to keep their resorts open so i think it's telling that these two resorts don't have a a set opening date yet they just don't have the people coming we'll see if that changes you're also very aware of what's going on in this area I spoke to relatives the other day who live in a different state, and they were convinced that this was just utter devastation. The news every place else in the country about Florida is that things are really, really bad. So I I think that it's like when you hear about something in a foreign country and you assume you know everything and you find out that it's really eight hours away from where you thought it was. I think that's what people are seeing here. I think they're hearing... Yeah, but it's like when we have a hurricane and people from all over the country text you and say, are you okay? And you think, well, yeah, it's nowhere near me. That's what's happening now. The the word Florida, people are being told that Florida is a disaster area. And I think similar to the cruise line, people are now saying, listen, I want to go, but I'm going to wait. Let me wait and see. Let me see if it gets better. I can travel next year. I don't have to go this year. And I think that's what we're seeing at Walt Disney World is that 
you know, it happened, you know, Rhino touched on it with the uh, annual pass holder slots. That was a big deal in the beginning. Oh, you only got three and, you know, I can't go when I want to go. Well, now we see more availability for that because the parks are not at the capacity they thought they were going to be. So we shall see what happens. And not only that, but, you know, cast members are actually allowed to book reservations now too for uh select points which that mm. that was the worrisome part when it all first you know all the reservation stuff came out is that you know that's one of the best perks about being a cast member was having your park access and to to think that you aren't going to be able to get in that's kind of uh you know understandable for the times but also it's taken away a big perk of it but now they're even getting included back into, which I think is, is awesome. So it's something that I'm sure a lot of them need on their days off. If they need to go in and grab that little dose of magic, then they have that option or they'll avoid it and stay away and say, Nope, enough for me. I'm, I'm good on the days that I'm actually working. Do we know if there are any restrictions? Have there been any restrictions placed on cast member park reservations, maximum number or when they can go or anything like that? I think, well, I don't know about maximum number, um, and I should, so I'm going to, I'm going to dig on that. I think it's, it's likely three, but, um, I, as far as the other day, when it was first announced that some of the cast members could start to pick up some park passes, it was everything but Disney's Hollywood studios. So right now that's, Hmm. that's the hot place to be. And so that's the restriction that's been placed. But if you want to go to the other three you were able to, to start making park passes. We kind of saw that was coming, right? We all knew that once Hollywood Studios finished Galaxy's Edge and, you know, the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway and all of that were in place, we all said that was going to be the park that people were going to go to. So that's not that surprising. Yeah, that's what I noticed right. with my annual pass, too, is looking at dates. Even, like, I could get pretty much any park as early as Friday, but except Hollywood Studios. Agreed. All right, Rhino, what's your third news story? All right, this one isn't doozy. Um, <laughs> a woman arrested trying to bring guns and marijuana into Epcot. Danny. Uh, <laughs> I, that's what sorry, I thought, too. Sorry, it was me. Sorry, silly me. Danny, walking around that Glock in her purse. Um, uh, so a Georgia woman was arrested recently after Disney security guards at Epcot discovered two guns and a bag of marijuana in her diaper bag. The July 18th arrest record shows that Unique Smith, 27, was visiting Walt Disney World with her seven-year-old son, seven-month-old daughter, and the baby's father. During the normal screening process, Disney security found a semi-automatic 9mm handgun that was in in plain view and a bag of marijuana in her diaper bag. After Orange County deputy sheriffs were called to the scene, the bag was searched further and a 45 caliber handgun was found in the bottom of the diaper bag. Smith faces charges of carrying a concealed weapon and possession of less than 20 grams of marijuana. Disney did not respond for a comment when asked by the Orlando Sentinel. Wow. I, well, I, I just think the like, oh, they forgot to leave guns. it in the car. Yeah. She had two guns one for each kid. <laughs> for each kid. <laughs> you know, not just the one gun, which you might say, okay, maybe, you know, she's from a state that you can carry and blah, blah, blah. But to have like one hidden in the bottom, like, you know, you know, she's doing the born 
thing. Well, the baby, you know, she's Jason Bourne. The baby's exactly. father was there, so I don't know if she was just holding, if it was like oh. a couple's, sort of like a his and her situation. Uh, I mean, one just being out there in the open, it's like, did you even mean to have that one in the bag? Like, just having it out there like that. But it makes me think, like, this obviously isn't something that's normal, but every once in a blue moon, you know, something like this may happen. And I'm, I'm glad that this story we're hearing this story because it means Disney caught it. So diapers, wipes, pacifier, automatic weapon. (laughs) It it could also be literally be just a thing where I don't, this woman's never been here before. And maybe she does just toss the gun in her bag wherever she goes, because that's, that's what it's like and shouldn't know. But it, it seems that since she's faced with charges of, of carrying concealed weapon, that she didn't have a permit for a concealed weapon because if she had the permit then i don't know what the charging what they would have been able to charge her with yeah. other Isn't than there a sign like right at the beginning that says god. no weapons god i hope so <laughs> i think she didn't watch uh, she didn't watch any what's in your park bag videos i guess <laughs> it's true <laughs> it is private property no guns yeah. On on Walt Disney World property, and I've known people at, who haven't realized it either that they have a permit. This is just well, the normal day to day life, right? And then they and they're going to visit Walt Disney World, and they go, "Oh wait, okay, I can't carry here. I, okay, I need to, you know, make sure to to put it into storage to put it where not to try to carry it into a park. So who knows what happened? Yeah. I love the fact that we focus on the guns. So what about the marijuana? Was it for the kids? Why was it in the diaper bag? Might have been, you know. Nobody wants to touch that. It's legal in so many places now that I can't keep track of it. So it's one of those where I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I, I, I'm not here to shame anybody. So I don't know. Can't smoke cigarettes in the park. <laughs> that, true, true. That is a valid point. But she might not have known the smoking thing too. So I don't know. I yeah. I, I was gonna say the concealed weapon thing is my my father and it was in the military and I had when we went to Disney. I had to ask like three times, like Dad, you don't have anything on you, do you? Like because I don't want to be arrested. Like he has a concealed permit and all that. So he's a responsible gun owner or whatever, but. I'm all, I'm always just imagining that at any moment he's going to tear away his shirt and have like four guns on him or something. Like, <sighs> even though that is not the person he is, but he Has gives that me that. Has that happened before? Uh, yeah, some nightmare somewhere. Something. <laughs> he made me watch a lot of Jean Claude Van Damme movies when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't. Anything's possible with my dad. He slap nice a ponytail on. Tear away his clothes. Well, gotta pay for that. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Just stop. (laughs) I don't see. It's funny. I think it's funny that Rhino, you have sort of this idea that, oh, maybe she didn't know. Maybe she didn't know it wasn't right. Maybe she didn't know it wasn't right. I think people would know that you shouldn't carry your guns and your drugs in your deck. To to a theme park. Oh, unless it's Gator Run. They thought they were going to Joe Exotics Disney World. Uh, that, that was it. I, I will say, I know it's it, obviously with California, with Disneyland, it is a, a big thing that uh, a lot of people 
don't understand there even that even though it's legal that you can't carry it into Disneyland and you can't use at Disneyland. So you'll be like, it's hilarious when you see, especially on uh, not not coming from downtown Disney from the hotel side, but the the other side with Harbor Boulevard. Like it's always hilarious. You can see when people are turned away and they walk all the way back down to the end of the street and they have to make the decision. Am I going to take this back to my car? If it's something that might be edible, am I just going to eat it right now and then go back in? Like, what am I actually going to do? And it's like, you, I've seen one now, I think the past three or four trips every single time. So it's, you know what? Maybe some people just don't know. In Florida and Georgia, it should be a complete different issue. They should know. But in, in some circumstances, hey, people just, people don't know. All right, we're giving her a pass because she didn't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. A diaper bag seems a weird place to throw everything, but she yeah, could be the modern, the modern mom on the go. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jim Murray. I don't know. Practice, Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She probably was like, oh, great, I grabbed the wrong diaper bag. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whose diaper bag was it, Annie Oakley? Yeah. all right that'll do it for the news thank you rhino for reading the news stories for me um before we get uh moving on to denny and Corey's time at uh food and wine let's open it up for some housekeeping does anybody have any housekeeping they want to mention anything you yeah. want to bring up so speaking of housekeeping uh if you watch the moving to orlando show i did just buy a new house and uh, pretty soon, within the next week or so, most of my furniture will be arriving, and I'll be posting my little uh, Diz Unplugged Cribs tour on there. So if you're a Patreon member in the $5 up tiers, you'll see my little uh, Cribs tour. So look forward to that. Diz Unplugged slash, uh, or patreon.com slash Diz Unplugged. Cool. And I have two quick birthday um, housekeepings. Number one, our eldest, just personally, our eldest is 25 today. So happy birthday to Cam. Um, Just insane quarter of a century. And then the Dism Plug's own Julie Martin has a birthday coming up. So we want to wish her a happy birthday as well. Happy birthday, Julie. What's your son's name? Cameron. Happy birthday, Cameron. Yay. I'm sure he watches. Yes, of course. <laughs> it's required viewing. <laughs> yeah. He's like this. He's like, wah, wah, wah. I hear enough of her already. <laughs> the arm's going to come in the screen with a, b- yes. a bottle of water now. Yeah. That's exactly it. I just want to give a little Excellent. shout out. Um, there's uh, a young lady. I met her years ago um, at the first Disney meet I ever went to, which was in Massachusetts. And um, her uh, her name is Annalise. And she has always been sh- her. She has her dad check on check in on me all the time. So I just wanted to give her a little shout out and say thank you to her because I feel like she, I she's just like the sweetest little girl who is always just like every now and then she'll send me like a card. She wrote me a book and I have this like little book about a time traveling, um, Turkey. And it is the funniest thing I have ever read because the twist in the end is terrible. Like, Well, I said this, like, I hope this is something someday because it's great. It's so good, but it's so it's, it's got a dark ending, but it's great. Like, but just a shout out to her. So, well, I'll give a shout out too to my friend Megan that she knows who she is, but that's it. 
I'm done with the shout outs now. <laughs> Unless anyone else has a shout out. Who wants to shout out me? Shout out to Craig. Oh, thank you. Shout out or shout out, really. <laughs> I just want to say that um, we got notification yesterday that we lost a member of the D's family. Uh, great dream client, a listener to the show. And I just want you to know if you're out there and you're suffering, we're all here for you. We're all willing to say a prayer for you. We hope everybody's doing well. Yeah, it's weird because it's, um, you know, sometimes we don't know. We don't know what she passed away from. We're making assumptions about that. But sometimes, you know, when you hear the stories uh, apart from you, they have lesser of an impact than when they touch you personally. So that's what we're dealing with at the moment. So kind of clean up the dog. Excellent. All right. Thank you, everybody. No more housekeeping. All right. Now this house is clean. Uh-huh. We shall move on. So uh, Denny and Corey had a chance to go to Food and Wine, uh, Taste of Epcot Food and Wine Festival. And interesting, a little bit different this year. The festival itself is a little bit different, a little more pared back. And also, you know, there are the new restrictions about uh, wearing masks and how you can take your mask off to eat and things like that. So we're looking forward to you guys giving us a little bit of insight into your experience at the festival. So take it away. Fiasco, you want to go first? Absolutely. So uh, taste of food and wine is definitely appropriate because it is very much a taste right now. Uh, They've added some food and wine-esque items to menus. So like you have the apple seed orchard stuff. You got the uh, apple popcorn bucket with the caramel corn in it. However, uh, I would put an asterisk there and say, and also flower and garden without the flowers. Because you're going to still have a lot of the old uh, flower, or not old, but flower and garden didn't last that long this year, obviously. And you're still going to have many of those flower and garden booths and offerings. So, like, I got the Mongolian beef uh, bao bun in China. I got at, at the Earth Eats booth, they have the Impossible Slider as well as the Impossible Farmhouse Meatball. Got that as well. The Citrus Blossom booth with the orange bird sippies uh, with orange slushes in them. And uh, the Citrus Chicken, that's there too. I got that as well. Uh, all really good, but very, very much a taste of a taste of flower and garden without the flowers. And also while accompanying with a taste of some of the new food and wine offerings uh, there as well. As far as merchandise is concerned, it looks like they're still selling most of the flower and garden stuff. Uh, with the exception of, you know, limited edition releases that would have already sold out anyways. Uh, and they have held off on putting out a lot of that food and wine merchandise at this point in lieu of still having so much, so much flower and garden. Uh, as far as like walking around and eating and drinking, um, I wasn't there yet for that. Uh, but apparently we've heard reports of people kind of using the trick where, you know, oh, I'm just going to pick up a food cart item and eat it as I walk or grab this drink and drink it as I walk. And that will be my, you know, mask ticket to take off my mask. And Disney luckily has x on that. That's now something that they're enforcing. And I actually saw them enforce it when I was there uh, a week ago. But what you have to do is you have to get your items and then find a place to either sit, stand, what have you, and then demask at that said location. Uh, this wasn't a problem 
for me at any of my stops. I was always very easily able to find uh, a bench out of the way or one of those uh, black metal tables out of the way. There was no availability issues at all. So it's just that's the rule now, and they are they are enforcing it. So interesting about sort of this crossover with food and wine and flower and garden. Um, there's no set end date to food and wine. It's like just from now until dot, dot, dot. And it feels like they're doing the same thing with flower and garden. They're not quite getting a hard stop date on that and saying, okay, you're going to pull the plug and it's going to be a complete, complete changeover. So the nice thing is you get to sort of experience a little bit of both. It also keeps people out of restaurants. Uh, that is very true. It does. So if you're looking at a little bit of both food and wine, flower and garden, it's a great way to sort of get both of them. Um, so what was your favorite thing, Corey, that you had? For you me? You have anything. Oh, no, I, I, well, I had multiple things, but for me, so like, like you said, John, it's, it's a great thing because you have all those, uh, but the food and wine has a lot of like fall flavors. Like I said, the caramel popcorn and things like that, a lot of appley flavors and things like that. Uh, but flower and garden is more like, like summery citrusy and, and things of those natures. And I'm really into that. Um, so the citrus chicken at the citrus blossom booth is one of my favorites, uh, the orange bird slushy, you can get it without the orange bird too. And if you get it with the orange bird, it's like 15 bucks. If you get it without, it's like five. So save you a little bit there if you already have your sippy cup. But my favorite thing out of all the festivals right now are the impossible options, the impossible slider, the farmhouse meatball. Those, they're vegan, completely plant-based, no animal products, no dairy. And I'm not vegan. You can obviously make that out from the dining stuff that we do. I eat all sorts of stuff. Um, but I still love the vegan options for a time where that is kind of what I stared to for a diet. Are they refilling the slushies? Are they refilling the sippy cups? No. So you're going to pay $5 for just the slushie or you're going to buy the orange bird sippy cup for $15. But if you're going to refill it, then you're going to just pay the $5 for the new, the new slush without the cup. And then you feel they're not doing it for you. Uh, I haven't personally tried to fill up the, the orange bird sippy cup, but I know that if you wanted more then you're going to have to pay for it. Excellent. Danny, tell us about your experience. Yeah, so I've gotten to get over there now three times for the taste of food and wine festival. And, um, and it is, it's definitely different this year. So if you've got in your mind what uh, the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival is like, just kind of scale it back just a hair. There's no festival center this year. Um, four of the booths are inside of the World Showplace Event Center. So if you've ever wanted to see what the inside of that looks like, there's a lot of media events in there. Actual local high schools can rent it out for prom, that kind of thing. But if you've it's never gotten it, don't oversell that. Yeah, don't oversell. It's, it's not a big, a, empty space, but for an Epcot nerd, it's kind of cool to get to go in there. Uh, so if right. you, if you fall into it's that category, yeah, so it is a big black box is what it is. And they can yeah. trick it out. However, they uh, see fit for that, uh, for that, uh, there event are other that cool they're things to, you know, lust over. Don't, 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 don't bend over backwards to get into that. The best right. part about that space is that it's very flexible and they do fantastic parties and events in they there, do. but. They do. And it was, uh, for me personally, it was really cool getting to see the inside of it when um, the high school my husband was teaching at actually had an event there. So that was, it was just neat. So if you want to see it and you're here, 
stop on by. There are four booths that are in there this year. And really the hot ticket item from um, from any of the booths really seems to be the cake pops that they are uh, freezing and pulling right out. And you get to uh, enjoy those as they smoke from um, having just been flash frozen. I've not had that yet. I did um, a Facebook live stream from uh from food and wine the other night. I was I went in at the very end of the evening after some big storms had come through on Sunday afternoon. It got a little cooler, so it was really nice. I went in specifically uh, for just a few things, but mainly to eat the Pau de Queijo, which is my personal favorite. It's the Brazilian cheese bread, and it's as sweet and simple as it can be, but it is so good. And uh, I took it over over on near the water to to eat it got myself away from everyone else so this is the first time that i had had food uh this year at at food and wine went over by the waterfront took off my mask because the new rule like fiasco said you have to be physically distanced and you have to be stationary you don't have to sit but you you can stand but you've got to you can't walk and eat at the same time. With you can't walk and chew gum at the same time. You cannot. Um, so I, I took my mask off. I started eating. Um, and then we got to walk around from there. Those placards are throughout the World Showcase reminding guests that they need to be stationary and distanced when eating. Uh, we saw a few people who um, were walking, but for the most part, it was everybody was really um, making sure that they were doing what they needed to do. It was the crowds were super low. And um, whenever, if you're there, because you're getting, so I had to use my hands to eat the powder queijo, unless I'm going to, you know, cut it up with a fork, that kind of thing, which I guess I could have. But there's a hand washing station. If there isn't a bathroom super nearby, there's going to be a hand washing station um, nine times out of 10. So be sure to use those if you're coming uh, to the food and wine, the taste of food and wine wash your hands up. Another really cool thing that people really look forward to uh, for the festivals is you get a little festival passport. And we all love them because we love the stickers that you get to put on all the different pages after you've tried something from that booth. This is not happening for Taste of Food and Wine. It is done digitally for this festival. So you can access that uh, digital festival passport using the My Disney Experience um, app on your smartphone. Everything is listed right there. The menus for each of the individual booths, the whole nine yards um, is all right there for you. So it's a little bit of a bummer that you don't have the sticker, but it's okay. And also, like Fiasco said, if you, I mean, I'm, I love Orange Bird with my whole heart. So it was great to be able to see some of those uh, flower and garden festival merchandise items. And, and still have a second chance to be able to pick those up because those are out. Um, we did have someone on um, one of our Facebook posts who, has, who, who mentioned that uh, we should see Food and Wine Festival merch in a month or so. So we'll see that start to trickle out at some point here. And we'll be All sure. right, so weird question for you guys. One of our agents has been a couple of times and her sort of take on the whole thing, and one of the things she's saying is that it seems like the food this year is much more simple than in previous years. Almost like they want to make sure that anybody can serve it and can serve it quickly. She thinks that 
um, because there's not college kids from the college program, she's seeing that there might be cast members from other places around Walt Disney World. And she thinks that that's the case, the reason why things are more easy to prepare and get out. Do you think that's a thing? Do you see that at all? No, I could, I could totally understand that. I mean, when you normally for a festival like this, you might have seen that some of the booths have three or four items um, and they may only have two items that they have for the taste of food and wine. It is it is pared down. And I asked when I was getting the Pau the other night just to confirm the cheese that's inside, just, you know, for a nugget for my you know, for my knowledge so that I know which cheese it is. And the cast member serving it to me did not know and then asked someone else and they did not know. And I said, totally fine. It was just me just wondering. It's not a big deal at all, but thank you. So, so yes, there might be, um, this might be a moment where they're trying to fill in some gaps with uh, cast members from other locations. She seemed to think that uh, she spoke to somebody who said they were from housekeeping. Hmm. that originally they were being housekeeping, but they didn't have, uh, the resort wasn't open or didn't have the work for them to do. So they were allowed to um, cross-utilize into this other role. Tell me about pricing this year. How are you finding pricing? Same as years in the past, more or less? So looking at prices, they're pretty much uniform. They're pretty much the same. Uh, the farmhouse meatball and uh, the the impossible slider were five twenty five and five seventy five respectively. Uh, in Japan, the um, the frothy ramen noodles that Rano likes so much was uh, was was six twenty five. So I mean, pretty uniform prices. It doesn't look like anything was was uh, jacked up too much. And if and if the prices are different, they're not noticeable. No, everything seemed to be on par with with years past. And I know they're pushing for uh, paying through the mobile app. Did they have the uh, card this year that they usually have, the branded um, gift card for paying for items at the booths? I wasn't looking for it, but I didn't see it. And normally you would see those hanging. Mm -hmm. Or hanging at a booth. Mm -hmm. Those were always fun. All right, um, so I'm going to go. I was going to say, I don't know if, because uh, I had a friend who posted this, but he had one of those masks with the hole to drink the drink out of, and now they've they've specifically said none of those masks in the park anymore. None, none yes. of the ones with the little hole with the thing that you can put over it. Your mask has to be like completely closed, no mesh coverings or anything like that. So I, I'm wondering if that came from this. Can't wear bandanas or neck gaiters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, nothing that can be open at the bottom. No yeah. valves, no holes, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So I want to go to Craig for a minute because Craig, uh, we were talking about this for the show, and I think he had a little different perspective. He was there for Food and Wine, but he opted not to participate. So Craig, tell us a little bit about your experience and why you chose not to participate. The The main reason why I didn't participate was during the first week when I was going to Epcot, that was still back before they closed the loophole about wearing your mask in terms of when you're walking around eating and drinking. So that was just from my perspective where I saw a lot of the tables around it's, 
it might have been a little bit slightly out of the way and they plenty of open availability but you know when you pull your mask down and you're out of the way to be social uh to social distance and and be respectful it's it doesn't do good then when someone just walks right past your table a whole group of people who are holding drinks and and food with their their mask pulled down so it's for me i just I didn't necessarily feel comfortable in the first realm. I definitely that my perspective has changed on that now since since uh, it is it, it, they've kind of gotten a little tighter with that. I will say the thing for me with food and wine, it's it's going to be my common complaint that I have like every year with almost every event is that so far like walking around and seeing a lot of the menus and such nothing's really jumping out to me that is calling me saying you have to have this honestly the only thing that is is the beer because uh, we reported it in our video that we did from epcot on the the opening day and that with the beer they have gone back now to actually serving bigger pours at all of the different kiosks for for a while there, they they made it where you could only have the little six ounce minis, and now they've they've added the additional option to have a twelve ounce pour as well too. So that's that is huge because uh, you know a lot of the beers they have around at the kiosks are, are very interesting and stuff you can't just get anywhere, and and so to it, it's fine getting a little small sample of it but especially from a local's perspective if i want to walk in and i'm like i'm only going to this booth tonight and i want to be able to have a big one rather than buy three little mini ones that adds up to $15 real quick uh, it, it kind of it's it's not as is great so i i like I like that shift and change, but I will be at Epcot tomorrow, and I'm I'm gonna give everything a look over, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find some stuff that piques my interest for sure. But I I, I think I'm just ready for a, a food and wine or flower and garden where they literally start over from the very beginning with brand new items everywhere and make it like truly unique and different, and say you know what. We know people have their favorites. Favorites will be back next year. Let's do something radical. Yeah. That's not that's the time the that problem, they're going right? to do it, though. <laughs> part of the problem, though, is that people want to go back and have the same thing. People look forward to it. Oh, I want to go back and have this again and this again and this again. So they walk a fine line between adding new stuff and keeping the old stuff. You talked about going tomorrow. I just want to make sure that in the interest of Total transparency. We let folks know what's going on. Uh, Dreams Unlimited Travel was invited to a social media event that takes place uh, tomorrow and then the following day. And Craig has said he would go to that to represent Dreams Unlimited Travel. He's going to be doing um, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all sorts of good stuff on the Dreams Unlimited Travel side of things. So if you want to follow Craig around and see what his experience is, it's not an organized event. It's not a, we're going to go here and do this and do that and do this. They're letting folks sort of go off on their own and share their experience at a Walt Disney world that is now reopened. So, um, keep an eye out for Craig doing that. But I, I understand what you're saying, Craig, because, you know, I think what happens is 
for us personally, when we go somewhere, we're always a, a taking account of the situation. So if we feel that something at that moment doesn't feel safe or right, we go and we're not staying and we go and we re readjust. So I completely get that if you went to Epcot and you thought this didn't feel safe to me, that you thought, listen, I'm just not going to participate in this and I'm going to go and do something else. So I think that's totally the right way to look at this. I haven't sure. felt unsafe in any dining scenario that I've been at yet at Walt Disney World. I've only I've only done quick service options, but <laughs> I at no point in time with any dining experience that I've had, I, I've never felt I, I've never felt unsafe with it. With Epcot, it was just it was one of those random days on that first time when we went where it was raining and it was also miserable outside. And like I'm looking at 20 people staggered through the, the line for the Italy Pavilion booth and saying, like, why do you want hot pasta when the feels like is 103 degrees? <laughs> and it's it just like little stuff like that. So I'm I, I wouldn't even say that I necessarily felt unsafe it was just kind of all of the all of the elements combined on that first time there but i have i have a lot more more high hopes for this time that i'm here and maybe i'll, I'll just i wasn't looking at the menus properly and and seeing some of the more interesting items with it but i yeah i've, I've got i've got high expectations at the very least but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you don't feel safe over one tiny little thing it doesn't matter you should feel that you can go and and leave and separate yourself from that situation. So I think that's important that we want everybody to know that, that, you know, there seems to be this sort of camp of people right now who are very, very forward of you should come to Walt Disney World and you should be here now and you should experience it because everything is great and everything is safe. And that's the last thing we want anybody to feel that we're doing. We're going out because we feel safe, because we're we're able to assess the situation and do the things that are right for us. But at no point are we telling everybody, you should come now and do this. So I think that's important that we get that message across. What else do you want to tell us about uh, food and wine this year? Did it feel uh, more crowded than other parks? Did food and wine bring in more people into Epcot? Not at all, no. Uh, I will definitely say... Like as far as Epcot's concerned, you, there's obviously more foot traffic in the World Showcase than the other parts of the park. The other parts of the park honestly were just like dead, whereas the World Showcase had a respectable amount of people in it. But I never had really any issues in as far as social distancing, always being fairly far away from the next person. Um, maybe cross paths for a minute here, here or there in entryways, like walking into the Mexico pavilion through that doorway, you might walk past a person there, but it was, it was, it was pretty tame. Uh, the, the, there was only a few instances I saw where I did see a situation where I said, yeah, that probably isn't going to be for me. I'm going to stay away from that situation. Uh, things like frozen, the queue for frozen. Um, it was a socially distanced queue. Everybody was six, <laughs> six feet apart. But with that, the line was still uh, going all the way back to back to the China Pavilion because, you know, it's socially distanced. Everybody has to have that space between each other. So I was like, eh, maybe I don't want to wait in that line for that period of time. And then um, 
living with the land, for example, also had a 15 minute wait, which is still really good. But again, you're going to be standing in line for a, a, a reasonable amount of time, which I also didn't feel like doing either. Um, every other ride was walk on. So, I mean, even Soren. Uh, Soren had a 10 minute wait posted and I walked up literally straight to my concourse. Uh, you can see all the social distancing, me- distancing measures in the vlog that I posted last week. Um, but I walked straight up to the concourse, literally no line at all. They were getting ready to board a not even full flight uh, when I decided to, to ride it. So things like that. Grand Fiesta Tour, no wait. Uh, Impressions to France, no wait, uh, which which plays after 7 p.m. at the France Pavilion. But yeah. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of it has to do with the time of day as well. As the day goes on, obviously less and less people are in the park. They've come and they've done what they set out to do for the day, and then they they leave. And so it it becomes a lot easier to to make sure that you are physically distanced from everyone. Those lines at the the festival marketplaces are a lot shorter. You won't have to wait necessarily to get into a merchandise location because they're watching everything so closely. You might have to, if, if you're there earlier in the day trying to go to the new, you know, to, to the temporary mouse gears location, you might have to wait in the sun for a little bit in that socially distanced line. So if as as the day goes on, those things become easier and easier to do. And um, and it's and it's just it's a it's a little bit of a different everything is so different right now. It just is. It's got a different vibe. It's got a different feel. It's there and it's good. It's just different. And and that's okay, as it should be. Um, during this time, you would you Excellent. would imagine it would be. Thank you guys for that conversation. I've got a few minutes left, and what I want to do is I want to talk to Rhino for a minute. Okay, this is your evaluation. Okay, I'm going to talk about your work. Okay, now, um, you have just not just, but you've gone to a Disney theme park, and I think you were one of the last mm-hmm. of the group to go to one. Um, tell me a little bit about your experience, a little bit about, um, maybe, uh, what caused you not to go right away and what, were you sort of felt right at not going right away or was your fears and anxiety alleviated a little bit? Give us a little bit of synopsis of what that was like for you. Um, no, I'm, I'm definitely happy that I waited, um, because I felt like there at every park, there was kind of that rush in the beginning, the, you know, the rush that you can have when you have a little amount of people going. But, um, it was also a good way to take a step back and listen to what every, all of, all of you who have gone, um, had to say and what other people on social media have said as well, because everybody's experience through this is very different and it is much more personal than it used to be. Um, so I just, I kind of had to wait until I had enough information for myself. And, you know, luckily like, you know, Denny and Craig can tell you, I asked them a million questions about it. And, um, I felt like, okay, it was like two weeks later. I said, I'll go two weeks after it's open and we'll, we'll see what happens, you know? And, uh, I went and, the security, like checking in through security was a little weird. I will say they're very good about, especially because the park I went to was Hollywood Studios, if if people don't know. Um, 
they have that new security area that kind of stretches all the way around the opening, which is great. And there's a lot of people there. But what's kind of weird about it is like you you take whatever's metal out of your bag to put into a bin and that goes through and you carry the rest with you. And I I, I didn't think like there's an umbrella in my bag. So I forgot and I beeped and they had to take it and go into it. And that that part right there is a little weird because I I know that they are probably cleaning based on what they're doing, but I didn't see anybody clean anything except for in the food area when they were very consistent and persistent with cleaning that stuff. So they did. It's interesting is I saw, I saw um, security cast members wipe out the bins before they put them back in the sort of stack. But this was uh, magic kingdom. Well, that makes me feel better to know that because that I realized that kind of after I left and I was like, oh, that guy, like I watched, but he didn't do it. And I was like, I wonder how many bags have gone in here before, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm also at, I'm at an extreme level of that stuff too, where I know they, they have since said the, the, you know, getting it from contact is a lot less. And I'm very vigilant about anytime my hands touch anything that isn't, that isn't myself. Uh, I hand sanitize and wash my hands. So, um, I also wipe down my bag after I take it back. You know, I take a wipe. This is what I have. Like I, I said it on another show. I have the, the Sani Fanny, but I had a backpack with me this day because it was going to rain and I, you know, we have really expensive cameras, so they have to be wrapped up in the bag so they don't get wet. Um, and so I went through walking into the park with the ticket. No, it was nice and easy, scanned really easy, walked in. But it, it to me, like when I was there, it felt like it wasn't that it was busy, but there was, there was definitely a lot of clumps of people everywhere. It, I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel like I had anywhere I went where I was like, okay, nobody's here. And that, that literally can just be because of the day of the week that I went, maybe because it was raining. That was the day that everybody went for their reservation or something like that. But with that said, it still was a light day. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like necessarily I was having to like dodge people getting too close to me, but I also didn't feel like it was as empty as everyone's made it out to be. And I know I'm also in the busier the, like you guys have just said too, the busier of the parks, to, you know, and I was in the busiest area of the busiest park. So, so it's just something that I feel like people could take away. And I, I went to, like I said, I was going to do, I went to go get my Ronto wrap and um, I got stuck because there was a downpour and it lasted for like an hour and a half. So I was kind of stuck in that, op- but the Ronto wrap area is open and also they only let um, a certain number of people in there. And I was worried when it started raining where I was like, oh, oh, no, people are going to start like coming in here like crazy. And they didn't. They didn't let any other people in there. They said they couldn't let anybody else in. It was the maximum thing. And there was nobody like lingering near me. There was nobody. So I felt like that area was very, very well kept for. And so I saw a lot of I saw a lot of really good stuff when it came to where like food and socialization areas were when i came into the park i was worried that baseline tap house looked like it was like too full but then after it had rained and i walked out i kind of i went up to see what it was like and there was like basically they don't let anyone sit inside there's like one table you can sit inside and that's it and then outside it's like every other table and it's all kind of spaced out and there were signs everywhere so i was like well i'll stop because i haven't had a beer on tap in like four months so um and I saw a listener there, so that was cool. They they stayed their distance, but said hello, and we chatted for a little bit about their experience. Who they had, I think she would come down from Georgia or something like that. But um, it was it, it's kind of like the rides, I guess, are the thing for me that if I 
don't see the cleaning, how do I know it's happening? And that's because I'm a former cast member and I know what happens. So it's kind of one of those. And I know that they might clean them where you can't see them or something like that. But I, I did do Mickey's Runaway Railway. And there's the part, you know, when you first detach from Goofy and it kind of throws you into the other room. You slide across that bar. And I, like, fell into the bar. And I was like, oh, no. I'm going to have to chop this arm off when I get out of here. But, you know, obviously I had, like, I had both regular hand wipes and Clorox wipes. Clorox wipes for surfaces, hand wipes for myself, and the and the the hand the hand stuff so i when you get on the ride you take the clorox wipe and you wipe down the bar as you go anything you're going to touch i wipe down whether it was clean or not so it, it was fine you know and um i i used one of those hand washing stations i feel like they're they're weird because you do the you have to like pump your <laughs> you pump your foot like an it feels like an old-timey mill like i'm waiting for the bucket to come out or something like that but um but i i felt I'm not unhappy I went, but I also said to a friend that I saw there, I said, it feels to me like I would, and I don't mean to put anybody off, but I said, if I would never come here if I hadn't been here before right now, Mm -hmm. because I am visiting based on, I came for very specific reasons, you know, and obviously it's part of the job too. um, But you have also said and pete has said repeatedly you know if we're not comfortable don't do something we're not comfortable doing but i you know i want to i don't want to be the only one who didn't go so i wanted to see for myself because so you guys are you guys are really really dedicated and you feel you know that this is your job and you want to participate and we appreciate that very much i'll say this i'm going to give you i think you know maybe something that might make you feel better kevin i have kevin and i have decided that we're not going to go back for a while yeah that we did it we saw it, we experienced it, we felt safe, we feel like we are okay from it, but the anxiety of doing it wasn't worth going. Yeah, I, I think the that's- The anxiety. Right. Yeah, because I, I did get home and I, I did the thing where I, I took off everything, I went and took a shower right away, um, but it, it, it's like I said, okay, now I'm not going anywhere for two weeks. We so, did the exact same thing. And that, and I- and that, and that's, that's for me, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to risk it. I don't want to know if there was a way to know sooner, that would be different, but it was, it, it's like what you said. It's like, is the benefit of going worth what I'm going to have to pay in the end? And, and anxiety wise, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot emotionally for me, I guess. I, 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 I'm not different. I, I went, we were there about three hours and I came home and I did all of the same things you did. I washed our masks. Mm-hmm. I had for the four, the two of us, I had eight masks, four disposable, four cloth. Yeah. I had hand sanitizer. We each had one of those, and I had forty antiviral wipes with me. Yeah. So I was also extraordinarily aware of not touching my face. And I'm sorry when you can't touch your face. Yeah. All it's like, you want to do is touch yeah. your face. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, if the mask slides a little bit, you're like, <laughs> like trying to do because I, I, I double mask my elbows. Um. I However, do this thing a lot. <laughs> for two weeks, I kept thinking to myself, uh, "The I agree with you. The anxiety of, I get this. I'm going to know I did it myself kind of thing. Yeah. So we passed the two-week mark last Thursday, and we, got, we went crazy. We went to Home Depot and bought a new microwave. <laughs> Just to celebrate. <laughs> So excellent. I wanted, right. I wanted your perspective and I really appreciate that because I think yours is 
uh, not a, um, you, you share feelings with a lot of people. There are a lot of people who have that same level of anxiety. And I think it's important to hear you uh, share that with folks. So uh, guys, thank you very much. We're out of time. We're actually over time. I really appreciate everyone's conversation today. I thank you to those folks who have tuned in for listening and watching. It's great. And we are done. I don't know what to say. Can I go and say her bark? No, they did. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Uh-huh.